Bill Wilson, co-founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, wrote in 1952, If we examine every disturbance we have, great or small, we will find at the root some unhealthy dependence and its consequent demand. Wilson suggested that if we could identify and continually surrender these unrealistic and unrealizable demands, that we may then be able to accomplish what he imagined to be the recovery's next frontier, something he called emotional sobriety. Flash forward 70 years and join psychotherapists and best-selling authors Tom Rutledge and Dr. Alan Berger, who have taken up the mantle of exploring Bill Wilson's new frontier. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety. Welcome to Emotional Sobriety, the podcast. I believe, I, if I'm correct, uh, our producer just told us that it's our 20th episode. So happy 20th, guys. Fireworks um, with- go off. There's fireworks <laughs> going off. The bugles are sounding. That's right. Everybody yeah. close your eyes and imagine that. This is like the 4th of July fireworks. <laughs> Dr. Berger begins with a visualization. I love it. It's great. It's great. All right. And uh, so I'm right here with, uh, pa- no, with we're Patrick. We're celebrating Newman the fact Alan. that we've got along for 20 episodes. I mean, this is. We, no- listen, we got along for 20 episodes. Oh, yeah, we got along for 40 episodes. Here's a good one. Has anybody taken anything personal in the last 20 episodes? Um, among us? Yeah. I'm sure. Somewhere. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Constantly. Show, what do you mean? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe you're asking me that while we're while we're recording. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. I took that personal. <laughs> um, hey, listen, but we have done twenty of those, and and you know I I forget to remind people that we have the other the other podcast that we did pr- prior to this. Um, and I think I think it's better than just a practice podcast. I think it's going to start right here. And that's still that's still out there. And I, I still hear from people who who listen to that. And then we have our our I think that, you know, wherever the covid thing is, even though that was the initial reason for that, the the 12, the 12 uh, um, episode video that you and I did, Alan, uh, for support during COVID, which was a brainstorm of yours. Uh, I'm, I know I'm sure you can get it on, on your, your site. I, it's on my, it's on my uh, website. Uh, so uh, there we have, you and I have some other things out there. We have things out there and it's so, you know, once again, I just keep coming back about, you know, the community that we've created here. Mm-hmm. Oh, and in our podcast, in our video filming before that, now with Patrick being our producer, mm-hmm. and then on the Thursday night thing, it's it's been a very mm-hmm. nourishing community for me. I've yeah, very nourished by all the things we're doing. No, I think I think I think I think that's something all three of us can agree on that we these what we're doing with all of this is is, is I mean. What what a nice job to have that you that you you know you, this is your this is the work you do this is this is your what, what you what you want to be working on, and it's uh, just so self fulfilling. Yes, so true. We had some wonderful guests on uh, the earlier podcast. Start right here, and I'm excited mm-hmm. because uh, in the upcoming weeks we're going to have on uh, Joe C from the Rebellion Dogs podcast, uh, you know, a little cool. bit of a uh, crossover. Alan was on his show and now he's going to uh-huh. be on Alan's and Tom's show. All right. And Joe C is a, a real, um, important person in the evolution, uh, of s- secular AA recovery. 
He is one of the founding members of that movement. And he wrote a um, book, Daily Reflections for Non-Believers. Yes, I know that. Yeah, I know that book. You probably know it under. Uh uh, I do. Yes. Under his uh, pseudonym, I think, Rebellion Dog or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe C. But he's I'll tell you, I've just come to know Joe through this thing. And he's he's rock solid, man. He's really got in, you know, he's going to come and share with us some of his thoughts about sober enough, which I think is such a great way of of conceptualizing and thinking about not only recovery, but our lives. So I'm looking forward to it, Patrick. Thank you for for arranging that. I'll have to pick up a copy of that book because, uh, you know, um, definitely more my on my wavelength, I think. The secular one. A lot of people have struggled, you know, with um, mm-hmm. and even though, I mean, if you look at the original manuscript and how it was edited, I mean, they really tried to really bring down the, quote, religious feel of the book. Right. Because they didn't want it to be aligned with 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 Catholicism or, you know, other forms of Christianity. And they mm-hmm. tried to 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 you know, subtract from that book or, you know, edit from that book as much as they could. But still, for a lot of people that are agnostic and stuff, just God, as I understand him, is a hard concept. And I'll tell you, I'm sure this has happened for you, Tom. A lot of people, especially people in rehab that don't have a chance to talk with other folks in the in the recovery community, get so turned off at times if they're agnostic or atheist when they go to a couple meetings and and there's heavy talk about God because a lot of times God is mentioned without saying as as you understand them. You know, people mm-hmm. in some meetings won't won't put that condition on it or qualification. So I'm so I'm grateful for those folks because there's a whole movement now. Joe C. Roger up in Canada, you know, many people, you know, um, the folks, the free thinkers in AA and Arizona have got a strong fellowship. It's wonderful because, you know, these are as we're unpacking on Thursday night, mm-hmm. the, the therapeutic value of the 12 steps is phenomenal. Oh, Absolutely. It's all, it's all, you know, and I always say, you know, the 12 steps don't have a corner on the market. Cause I think you could probably look at, at programs that are, that are more often thought of as spiritual than anything else and find a similar thing that basically what you also find that in common is that the people who have put this stuff together through the years and edited it and changed it through that are very, very psychologically minded. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, right. but I, yeah, I often, I, you know, I, my, one of my, my favorite things is to have has been to say for, for years is, is what do those people do who aren't alcoholics? How do how do how do they learn anything? You know, I, cause, cause I remember the first time in a, in a meeting when I was very new in the program, I remember hearing somebody say, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm grateful to be a recovering. I'm, no, I'm grateful to be an alcoholic. And I thought, well, you know, because I'm always correcting people's language. I thought, well, he meant to say, I'm grateful for my recovery, you know, so it was okay. I fixed it for him Um, and to myself. But then I heard somebody else say that. And then, I mean, the short version is, and then I, one day, a couple of years later, I heard myself say it and understood it at that point is I am grateful to, I'm grateful for all of this shit. I I'm grateful for my alcoholism for, for my self, uh, self-hatred. I'm grateful for my depression. It's like all, all of these things, you know, I have learned to, to make my teachers, 
And it's like, I am grateful, you know, because you can't compare to a, a life not lived. I mean, a parallel universe, you know, in some idealized thing where, you know, uh, the way I always think it is probably maybe there's a life in which everything goes my way, but I get run over by a bus when I'm 18. You know, it's, it's like, everything's just fine, but it's like, like, I'll take this one, yeah. you know? So far, I've got I'm, I'm, I'm closing in on 68 years of this one. And, and that's a that's a that's a pretty good run. Yeah, if the indicator light never came on, I wouldn't have known to look inside the <laughs> engine. Right. God, mine was like a Christmas tree. Yeah, <laughs> his engine shut down and exploded. The what the fuck is wrong ways. with you? Light was on. <laughs> It was, all over you stupid eject, shit. Eject, eject, eject. <laughs> uh, that's good. Man. You guys, are, it's great. Well, you know, look, I'm so excited about this episode because, you know, we've been we really dug into what happens. How how is it? You know, what happens that we take things personally? But yep. the other side of this coin is how do we deal with this now is, you know, what are some of the practical suggestions we have for people yeah. to once you catch yourself taking it personally, now it's very important that you're able to identify this, right? Because you can't mm -hmm. tame it until you name it. So we That's go right. back to what we're saying is that please, please, if you're not in a point where you're seeing this yet, try to step back and say, look, what is blocking me from seeing that I'm taking things personally? A good clue is like we say, if Patrick, I love that. I hadn't heard you say that before. If the indicator light goes on, look under the hood. <laughs> I mean, you, look under you, the hood. Your hood, your hood. Your hood. <laughs> you, know, you get upset, open that hood and say, hey, where is the taking it personal connection here? You know, find out where that's wired to. What part of the engine is that wired to? Mm -hmm. Because that becomes a very important thing. If I can identify what I'm experiencing and what's going on, now I have a chance now to apply some of the things we're going to talk about today. To right. be able to unhook yourself and now realize that it's not what the other person's doing that's causing you trouble. Mm -hmm. It's what right. the meaning it's is. How you, it's how you're responding to it. How you respond to it based on the meaning you're giving to it. Mm -hmm. We are meaning generators. We are constantly assigning meaning to our experience all the time, which is fantastic. I mean, we, that's how, you know, we we fulfill our life and, you know, how we make sense of things. But when we assign meaning, and by, by that, I say, when we take something personally, when I assign that meaning to an experience I'm having, now I'm going to create some real trouble for myself and for that relationship. Well, that's, you know, it, what just occurred to me too, is that there's, there's specific, there, we, we have specific ways of taking things personally. And then we have general ways of taking things personally. I've never thought about that until just now. So that, that's what my little brain is spitting out. It's um, and one of, one of the, you know, one one of the general ways is to turn things things that are, that are not intended as not, are not and are, actually are not criticisms from other people into criticisms. So uh, very very often, I mean, an example that happens in therapy a lot is that that you know I, if if I'm if we're doing what we're doing today in today's uh, episode, 
talking to somebody about something they can specifically do differently. You know, if I, if I, if I suggest something, one of the reflex, and I mean, I'm, this, this applies to all of us. I mean, that'd be me too, but one of the reflex responses that I get on a regular basis is, well, but that's easier said than done, you know? And, and of course my main response to that is duh, learning how to actually do this stuff is, is sometimes very, very difficult, but in our day-to-day life, a lot of times, you know, my wife, you know, one example I have from my couples therapy days was, was my wife said, could you, could you get the feed out of the truck and put it in the, in the, in the barn? And I, and I, my immediate response was, I do a lot of things for you at the barn, <laughs> you know, and, and it's I've, like, I've done and, that one before. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a ma- I tell you what, it's a male thing. Don't just pat us on the head. But if we've goddamn, if we've done something good, tell us about it because it it, ma- it it does matter. It matters that we get acknowledged that it happens. But the but the main thing is it's on us. You know, it's like the idea somebody asking for something does is not a criticism that I you know that I'm not giving enough or doing enough. It's a dangerous neighborhood in there. Don't go in there by yourself. I mean, get somebody to go with you and, and explore what what you might be interpreting. Well, you know, it, it's it's it is so relevant to this discussion, and and even apropos to my life, I was warming up for this program this morning. I decided to take something personal from Jess. I thought, well, let me practice some of these principles. <laughs> I really didn't take it personal, but I thought, let me just try to take this personal and see what I can do. No, I really took it personal. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah I, no, I, I, you're like Pee Wee Herman. I fell off the bike on purpose. That's right. yeah. <laughs> A lot of Pee Wee Herman tricks in my life. I, I love him. It was a lot of fun. And then he got caught masturbating. At the- yeah, I know. <laughs> and then I liked him even more. That's <laughs> uh, our deranged producer just spoke up that's there. Right, that's right. That's right. I, he was human, right? It makes him human. I mean, that's the right. problem I have with this cancel culture today is that we're canceling everybody out because they're human beings. So I'm, I'm going like, what's going to be left? <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah. We're all going to need to be canceled then. Oh, my God. So maybe we just all get canceled so we can all start over. Is that the idea? I don't know. It's it's, yeah. a, it's a crazy world we live in. But anyway, so I'm sitting there and I said, listen, let me, you know, we're, we're trying to organize today and stuff like that. You know, everybody knows I've got a three-year-old and an eight-year-old at home. And so part of the Sunday and Saturdays are because they're not in school. It's like, all right, so how are we going to organize our lives with them today? Mm-hmm. And um, I said, look, just a heads up, you know, we're going to start our podcast at 11 this morning and and then I'm speaking at a meeting. So I'll probably be freed up around 115 or so. And then she makes this this look on her face like mm-hmm. she's upset about it. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of a, a grimace or, or uh, that's the best thing I could describe it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I immediately felt criticized. Mm hmm. Like, my God, you know, you're criticizing and I'm doing these things and, you know, these are important and stuff like that. And so I, I just I get my, you know, my uh, feathers ruffled. Mm-hmm. And so I start coming. Well, look at look. Yeah, I know this is kind of a double standard as I support your career. And here you are criticizing me that I'm working and stuff. And then she stopped me dead in my tracks. She goes, mm-hmm. I'm disappointed because I'm going to miss being with you the whole day. <laughs> of course, I hear it as a criticism. 
I don't see. Oh, you are. Well, it's a great example of how what a big critic, how we can go that far so bad. One it's, it's a fa it's a it's facial muscles that are moving and you're going like and, and you get to a general. It's, we have a double standard here. It's like <laughs> I know it's like, no at most at most we have a facial tick. You know, it's like <laughs> and, and she has the tick. I know. No, it's like and I'm taking her tick personally. You know, it's like, that's that a meaning. Look at all the meaning. I assign. A, and, and, and we that, do it. My low self-esteem. Oh, of course, she can't miss me. Of course, what it is, I'm doing something wrong. I'm not even. So I remember now, I just this memory came to me. I would be outside. You know, we, we had uh, a, a three floor of a house in Chicago and, and I was cleaning the windows. I, I would be my job would be to be outside cleaning it. And my mom would sit inside and she would tap on the window every place that I. <laughs> oh, wow. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then I've, and now if I say this, I can connect it to. Jess is tapping down the window. Oh, you're yeah. not over here. You're not doing that's this right. You're not doing that right. You missed the spot. You know, and that's not what she's saying at all. She's saying, I miss you. I enjoy being with you. The family enjoys being with you. And here's the message that it takes me a while to get to. Mm -hmm. You're important. Yeah. Like to spend time with you today. Right. Right. Self-esteem doesn't hear that. Right. My right. self-esteem, my little boy that, that you know, mm -hmm. didn't get mom's approval here. The window washer. Yeah. The window washing experience. <laughs> you're not doing it right. You are not doing it right. If you did it right, there would be no reaction to you. And my right. God. So and then I start fucking reacting to that. And then I finally catch myself and say, my God. You just took that personally. It had nothing to do. She says, it's not a matter of respect for you at all or criticism. I just miss you. We learn a lot from how we mess things up, you know, yeah, and we have plenty. Right. But but we also need to be sure we as we do better, we need to learn from how we do things right and be sure and notice when we get it right. Yeah. And, and, and and this is a great experience to, to as an example of measure measure your progress in response time. How yeah. how long might that kind of exchange go on in any one of our relationships uh, that could that could ruin at least a good oh, that week. would be a good six months, man. I'll tell you, I could cop <laughs> resentment. On that one, yeah. I mean, I mean, six months. We could go on and on, and it's like I'd the idea. Call, hey, Tom, can I tell you what a bitch my wife was today? <laughs> you know, and now, now because of this stuff, Tom says, "Well, Al, maybe she's a bitch, but let's look at your response." And That's go, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but but you but you ingest because because you know you know each other, you get to know each other. So I mean, that's part of the thing. You you know you you learn each other's stuff. So there's it's not the other person. I always want to tell people couples that it's not it's not your it's not my responsibility to monitor and keep up with with what goes on what Dee Dee's stuff is or my, was her with mine but the truth is as partners we will notice sometimes they sometimes we'll catch it first sometimes they will but 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 she caught it first he and and but the other thing is that's totally different about you than used to be I'm sure is when she when when you know she, she stopped you dead in your tracks and you listened and you got it yeah you 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 immediately corrected course. I, I took, and that's what. Then I worked step ten, right? Made amends for mm -hmm. that. I took that like, personally. I can see. I well, not only do you need, yeah, you work step ten, and then you and then you let her know how much you love her and appreciate the fact that she that she right. would she actually misses you when you're not there. That's right. Yeah. What a that's a I love that story, and it's like well, they, and like I said, it was a good warm up for the show today. I thought, oh, yeah. hey, I got to share this with with Tom and Patrick mm -hmm. and the 
audience because this is the stuff. You know, I get people all the time. It's how long did it take you to not take things personally? I go, I'll tell you when I get there. (laughs) I'm not there yet. But what I can tell you is what Tom just said. Please measure your progress on this. On Mm -hmm. not that you stop taking things personally, but how you deal with that. So that's the how we are getting into today. Right. Well, that, and that goes to the first voice, second voice thing that we, yes. you know, I, I, wrote, I wrote that little thing I call the, the world's shortest uh, uh, self-help book. That one That's little, right. little uh, blip that, that basically is we're not going to get again. We want to remind people we're not going to get rid of that reflex. That, you know, we, and you, if you do, you do then good for you. But we're not going to get rid of anything inside because we're trying to get rid of it. It's like it's it's that it's giving yourself that, that extra beat. You know, that you didn't do in this example, but that just gave you the opportunity to do in that situation. Probably many, as many times or more times nowadays, probably you do that independently. You know, that you basically catch yourself. Wait a minute. What's the deal? Like we're doing what we're teaching people here. Check the check the light. You know what? What you know what it is? And we and we make a correction. Reasonable doubt, like we talk about often, which is, well, maybe they don't. First of all, let's start from if we're going to make an assumption, let's let's assume it's possible that they do not mean anything personally by that. This is a process thing. This is what we we don't we don't get to a place that I know of where I never take something personally. I get to a place where I know what to do when I do take something personally. I know how to check it out. And I know and I know what, among other things, like we're talking about with our relationships, what a time saver it is. You know, if I can actually just give myself a little bit of a pause to say, maybe not. Yes. For me, it comes back to that pause or that breath or so much can happen in that moment. And you choose to put some space between the feeling or the thought and your reaction. Yeah. You're right. I mean, that's, that's such, I mean, it is that it is, well, Victor Frankel talked about that, right? Uh, uh, Say what, you know him better than I do. Talk about what Victor Frankel said. He says there, there's a space between the stimulus and our reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Response to it. Mm-hmm. Just try to live in that space in that space lies, lies your power to choose yeah. he says in your power to choose lies your freedom in your power and, and your freedom he right. just says lies your freedom um it, it's so empowering he was so right on about that is by getting into that space and sometimes you know we can get in there easier than other times sometimes like i was able to stop and use what jess said as a hold it stop <laughs> sign you know pause sign you Time know out. sometimes in my mind i'll think of a pause button and i'll mm-hmm. actually hit it you know like mm-hmm. the old yep. players and the mm-hmm. players and even now the, the mm-hmm. blu-ray players and, mm-hmm. and now on the streaming there's still a pause button mm-hmm. you know, go ahead pause so i sometimes i'll use that imagery of a pause button but Tom is bringing up another thing. And, I, you know, I just want to acknowledge in the beginning of my new book, I acknowledge, Tom, the contribution you made to this, because this book was written during the time when we were doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said here, you know, you know, Tom and I have been meeting regularly since the coronavirus pandemic interrupted all of our lives. Mm-hmm. We provided support for those in recovery during the initial phases of the pandemic. And we continued carrying the message with our podcast, Start Right Here, Conversations About What Matters Most. Our new podcast on emotional sobriety will continue developing the concept of this critical component of recovery. I go, Tom's influence permeates my writing. 
Thank you, Tom, for your professional wisdom and personal support during these trying times. And specifically to the point is this idea of listening to your second voice that I talk about in here Mm -hmm. is that I've thought of that in other ways, but I love the way Tom put it. And so that's the first thing that I mention in terms of how to stop taking things personally. And Mm -hmm. I'm talking about it right now is that if we pause in it, like if I had a chance you know, to not listen to my low self-esteem voice that mm-hmm. says, all right, you're being criticized again. Here it goes. More disapproval, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And then wait and say, is it, is it, is it the reasonable doubt part comes in? The first voice is, is not always, but, but, but in, in the kind of stuff we're talking about is usually the one that after, you know, what we're used to doing, if we go with our reflexes is we go with the first voice. The first voice says she's, you know, she's, she's telling you you're doing something wrong. And so we, we react to that. It's the, this part of the pause is realizing that we are multiple in nature so that, so that if you're my first voice and you tell me somebody is, is, is pissed off at me or upset with me or criticizing me, then I, then I learned to say, okay, thank you for sharing any, who else has something reasonable doubt is a great voice to have because he just sits there and he or she and just sits there and goes maybe not you know that's one of the things i learned in writing about the fear book is is we love certainty so much that we that we will basically go to idiotic links you know to, to convince ourselves that we are absolutely right about something even something negative because we're more comfortable with that than something that is uncertain yep that's right you know how, how many people do we know? How many times have we even ended, ended relationships because we can't stand uncertainty? You know, it's like, let's just take it out back and shoot it because I can't handle not knowing. It's like in any of us who ha- are in long-term relationships that have survived, we know it, we would not be here today with these, with, with these relationships had we not d- developed a tremendous tolerance for uncertainty. Now, the other thing you said in, in, in I have experienced this, you know, one way of um, preventing taking things personally is if somehow the moment somebody starts to say something to me and I find myself reacting, I shift mm-hmm. to be an empathic rather than defensive. Yes. And if I can be have empathy at that moment and do what Dr. Kempler, my mentor, said, mm-hmm. he says... He says, he says, if you want to become more personal in your intimate relationship, and, and later on he even extended it, he says, to any relationship, you've got to stop taking what the other person is doing personally. Mm-hmm. So what happens when I stop taking what they're doing personally, I can ask the question, what is this telling me about them? What am I learning about this other person? So if I don't filter them, with like in this case, I gave you guys an example with Jess with my low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Well, what was I learning about Jess? Well, she was just expressing her disappointment in the way she expresses disappointment. Mm-hmm. You know, Jess is a bit of a fighter, so she'll you know get a little bit more aggressive rather than than go to the softer mm-hmm. part. Look, I just really miss you today. She can mm-hmm. get there, but it'll take her a minute to get there, just like mm-hmm. it takes me a minute to get there. That's why our relationship, we do a lot of grinding together because mm-hmm. we both have that, that first reaction is to move mm-hmm. against the, the other person. But that question that Walter put in my mind, which goes to what Tom is saying, that if we leave space for the reasonable doubt, if this is not about me, 
What is this telling me about them? If this yeah. might not be about me, then what might this be telling me about them? And then that becomes a hypothesis, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, maybe this means that, like in this case, she's missing me. And that's her way of expressing this. Wow. Now, if I can remember that, that might help me not take it personally. Right. So one of the things that, that I love about doing, like, and I'm sure you do too, couples work, is that, is that we don't really integrate what we're learning about our partner into our interaction with our partner. Is that when I start, when I, so if I take mm -hmm. all these things personally, I'm not seeing who they are. If I saw who they were, I could learn to be better coordinated with them. I would right. be better, be able to be better coordinated with whatever she's doing and not take things personally. When I take things personally, I'm no longer well coordinated with my partner. And so I fall out of sync with them. I'm thinking they're out of sync. And this is the other part of this. Mm -hmm. A very important dynamic with this taking things personally is 99.9% mm -hmm. of the time, sometimes I'm suspicious that this might be 100% of the time, whatever I'm accusing them of doing, I'm actually doing. You're not being sensitive to my needs. I'm not showing sensitivity to their needs. Mm -hmm. And boy, please hear this is that whatever you're accusing that other person of doing that you're not, that you're taking personally is what you're doing to them that you're not owning yet. But add to this, do not, if you're like me, like to not turn, it, it is not going to, yeah, you can, I say do not, you can do it if you, if you do it, but it's like, you learn from it, but it's like, but you're going to get nowhere. If you just turn that on yourself in a, in a, in a condemnation, it's yeah, like, yeah, because, because, because the, what you're talking about that awareness, is is when we shift when we because when we shift to empathy uh, and see i think that's one of the techniques in the, what we're saying that's if we were going to list out a the technique it would be like shift to empathy to, to shift to empathy would be i am now tuned in and trying to be of help to my partner you know and 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 instead of trying to get my point across which uh that's a tough one for some of us um including myself in that deal where where um I love what you're saying about, about, um, what, what, what was the terms you used in terms of being in sync with your partner? It was, well, yeah. To be coordinated, right. It's to coordinate, coordinate. I love that. It's like, that's, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what I think about being in sync now is more of a coordination. And, and I say in this chapter, I go, I go, the act of not taking things personally is not a one and done event. <laughs> I mean, mm -mm, no, good. I love okay. that. We have moments where when we achieve real emotional sobriety, other moments where we slip and have to remind ourselves it's not all about me because that's what's underneath this. It's not all about me. The, what the other person does, is, everything that they do is not about me. There may mm -hmm. be a few things, but what they're doing is about them. That's them, mm -hmm. not me. So well, I'm, I'm differentiated from them. I go, there's going to be moments when we slip to and have to remind ourselves it's not all about me. Emotional sobriety is a practice, mm -hmm. a way of approaching ourselves and the people in our lives and the situations we encounter. Fortunately, not unfortunately, I said fortunately, we have many opportunities to practice it throughout the day. Absolutely. We right. We can think about our failed attempt and plan for the next opportunity, which may be only moments away. <laughs> I mean... Uh that's so don't get discouraged. It, 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 you get a lot of you get to get up to bat again. Yeah, real yeah, quick, yeah, right? yeah, 
Uh, and, and I would even go so far as to say, and, and we all, and since we do all get discouraged when you're discouraged, understand, please understand that that's part of the process. We all get discouraged. It's like, you know, but you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, you, you took me to, uh, uh, I think it's Batman begins with, with Christian Bale as, as Batman, where his, his childhood memory of when he falls into this the place, into the hole in the ground, that's going to become the bat cave. And his father comes to get him. And he, and he asks the question, why do we fall down? You know, and answer, we can learn to pick ourselves up. We can learn to pick ourselves up. It's like, yeah, fall down, get up, fall down, get up. You know, when I tell people, you know, in terms of emotional stuff, we'll fall down and we'll just stay down. It's like, if you fall down, just think of it physically. If you're walking down the street and you fall down, you don't sit there and say, well, it's Thursday. Day, I'll get up on Monday. You know, you don't, you, <laughs> I'll get up in the morning. You know, it's like we get right back up and that's why we have to do recovery. This reminds me again of um, what Roger was saying at the Thursday night meeting that, um, you know, when he goes into an amends um, with uh, uh, all these expectations of, uh, you know, the gratitude the other person's going to have and uh you know what you know taking off a bunch of boxes of expectations how much how much they're going to appreciate him yeah (laughs) oh yeah yeah then it prevents him from going out in spirit to that person and uh Mm -hmm. i you know i i definitely see some of that reflected in what you guys are talking about here Mm -hmm. oh the the hardest the 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 the, the, that's interesting because the the you 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 predicted that there's a there'll be a crossover here alan before we started recording today about this but it's it's interesting about that because i think i have two examples come to mind i'm sure there's more but of all the amends that i've made in my life formal kinds of amends it's like the, the the couple that sh- come to my mind that uh that i still just they're still just kind of lodged in there a little bit is is because of that really because not so much i wanted to be appreciated but it's like i their heartfelt amends and the response was basically just an acknowledgement acknowledgement thank you thank you for that that is the truth you know yes that that was a very that was very difficult for me you know I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing well in my life. Thank you for, thank you for reaching out. You know, in other words, thanks for saying that, you know, not, not, uh, I think she might've said something about, you know, hope you're doing well too, but, but I don't think she even said that, but, but it's, it's, you know, there was nothing, there was nothing in it for me other than what I had learned from my first sponsor, which was the, the amend had been delivered and I had, and I, and, and I had delivered it appropriately and so it's, it's just, you know, it's, you know, I wanted to go, I wanted to go, well, I need a little bit more, you know, but you don't get more. That's not up to me. Yeah. You can identify with that, Alan. I can tell by looking at your face. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Look, look, I just was reflecting on, um, you know, this is such an important topic, which is why I dedicated a whole chapter in the book on this. And I'm so glad mm-hmm. that we've, you know, taking a couple shows to really unpack it. And so please, you know, keep in mind that this is a practice and you're going to get better and better at it as, as you continue to have more and more experience. But that's the big difference about being in recovery is being in recovery means learning from your experience and discovering new possibilities. And this is one of them is, you know, we learn all the time that, you know, that self selfishness self-will run riot self-centeredness that's the root of our problem well now we're getting down to causes to those problems right we're learning how not to make things about us and now to be in relationship with other people from a much more mature 
in a more differentiated posture. So we look forward to talking to you guys next week and great show, Tom. Great show, Patrick. Oh, uh, right, right back at you. And uh, next week we'll be getting into chapter seven, realizing that nobody's coming. Oh, of your book. God. Yeah. Well, that fits with not taking it personal. Well, it's perfect. You know, I keep waiting for that person to say the right things to me. So I'm healed. Be- if my partner would just do everything I needed. I was going to say that was underneath part of that thing. Please treat yeah. me the way I want you to want you to treat me or demand mm-hmm. that you treat me so I don't have to be upset anymore. <laughs> well, my God, good luck with that. All right. All right. We'll, we'll see you guys next week. Peace out, All guys. Right. Take care, everyone. Tend your life. Tend your myth. Cultivate your narrative with whomever you're with. Then with glass in hand and children on one knee. Bring some stories. Bring your stories back to me. It ain't a crime to be a human. Never be ashamed to be yourself. Rest assured that whatever you're doing, Entertain me like nobody else So here's to us My old friends Until it's time to drink the wine And break the bread again With glass in hand and children on me Bring some stories Bring your stories Back to me